and welcome to today's podcast. I'm doing a series of talks on topics related to authenticity. However, in the light of the coronavirus taking over our lives, I thought I'd divert a bit and share a few thoughts on coping with anxiety, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic. I'm doing the podcast on this topic in two parts. I'd like to address the topic of coping with anxiety, especially during these coronavirus times in the first part of the podcast. And in the second part, I'll delve more into getting help when you need it and tools for dealing with your anxiety. So let's start. Anxiety is one of the most common forms of mental issues affecting people. Anxiety can affect anyone of any gender, any faith, any nationality. You're not alone if you suffer from anxiety-related issues. What is anxiety? The American Psychological Association defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. However, while anxiety can cause distress, not all forms of anxiety require medical attention. Anxiety is in fact a normal and healthy emotion. However, it is the severity of this emotion that determines whether someone has anxiety disorder or not. The American Psychological uh, Association describes a person with anxiety disorder as having recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. Once anxiety reaches this stage of a disorder, it can interfere with daily function. According to our world in data, 284 million people worldwide suffered from anxiety disorders in 2017, so which was way before the pandemic actually. And out of this 2.8% were males and 4.7% were females. Although common, anxiety can affect your health. If left unchecked, it can lead to an anxiety disorder problem. Research suggests that you may run a higher risk of experiencing physical health problems. So when you manage your anxiety, you're actually taking care of your physical health. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, most people who seek treatment experience significant improvement and enjoy an improved quality of life. There is nothing wrong in getting help. No, it is not a sign of weakness. Rather, you are doing your mental and physical health a favor by seeking help early enough. Whether you have everyday or occasional anxiety or an anxiety disorder, you can learn important strategies to help you cope and move forward. Exercising, good nutrition, adequate sleep, and trying to reduce stress all contribute to your well-being. This is especially important today in the COVID-19 times. Let's go through the topic of coping with anxiety, the lessons of which can be applied anytime, but especially during this pandemic. When an individual encounters potentially harmful or worrying triggers such as news about the dangers of COVID-19 as seen on media, feelings of anxiety are not only normal but necessary for survival. The approach of imminent danger sets off alarms in the body and allows evasive action. These alarms become noticeable in the form of a raised heartbeat, 
sweating and increased sensitivity to surroundings. So physical symptoms happening. The danger causes a rush of adrenaline, a hormone and chemical messenger in the brain, which in turn triggers these anxious reactions in a process called the fight or flight response. Many of you may have heard this term. This prepares humans to physically confront or flee any potential threats to a place of safety. So you see, feeling anxious in order to move to safety is inbuilt in us humans. Sometimes, though, things can go out a bit out of proportion and our bodies and minds may struggle to cope with the feeling of not having things under control. Now, there are a lot of things about this COVID-19 pandemic time that are unique. School closures, lockdowns, postponement of major sporting events, indefinite postponement of travel plans being just some of them. Unique situations that can make anyone anxious. And let's face it, these are anxious times. Even if some of us are a little less anxious because we have learned to cope, or you have learned to cope, there are anxieties on some level in most of us. Like, will we stay healthy? Will our kids stay safe? When will I be able to go to my office again? How will I manage this mountain of financial crisis? And on and on and on. You have your own questions that you might ask even right now. And the question we might need to ask now is how can I best manage the anxiety that comes up or when it comes up? The stay-at-home orders due to this COVID-19 can cause you to feel anxious and panicky as a result or with the feeling of being trapped. And this trapped feeling can occur for several reasons, understandably so. Many feel safer and are less likely to panic when they feel they can easily go to a hospital or be among people. The stay-at-home and social distancing rules change all of that. Or there is the possibility they might be turned away from a medical facility unless they are critically ill. There is also the underlying thought that if I go to a hospital, I might catch the virus myself. You cannot meet friends and families outside of your own household that easily. At least not as easily as in the good old times. Additionally, most people prone to panic attack find any mention of physical symptoms such as those symptoms like breathing or anything to do with the heart, to be trigger points as it reminds them of their panic attack symptoms. Or it could be hearing words such as quarantine and social distancing that remind them of their fears, such as being alone, especially in a panic situation. If you are one of these people, then it could mean that you encounter such anxiety-provoking words every day these days. Most people these days are talking about the coronavirus. And social media that was supposed to entertain us also seems to be filled with messages about this virus. Even what may have started out as mildly entertaining, you know those funny Facebook posts about the virus, seems to have changed its tone to something more serious as we all grapple with government restrictions and information about increasing deaths and school openings and confusions and, and all that. Now, we know that if you have panic and anxiety disorder, your body misinterprets the physical sensations associated with anxiety and stress as something alarming. Your brain cannot tell the difference between imagined fear, such as feeling with someone who is anxious or feeling scared while watching a frightening scene in a movie, and a real danger. 
According to Dr. Cassidy, a clinical psychologist who specializes in training or treating anxiety disorders, this means that when you encounter alarming media stories and headlines or listen to people who are expressing their worry and panic, then you will be more likely to feel anxiety that builds into a panic attack. So enough said about anxiety and what causes it. I think every one of us has different trigger points. But I'll now move to some suggestions and tips for coping with anxiety, especially during the COVID-19 times, as these are quite unique times. And these tips are based on psychology research as well as from my own experience. So let me start. Number one point is get enough sleep. Even one poor night of sleep can turn up our anxiety by 30%, according to Dr. Eric Goodman, a psychologist. Even your brain, if your brain is full with news and information, and if you have numerous to-do checklists, it's hard to fall asleep. I think we all know that. But don't try to force sleep. Instead, it can be helpful to maintain a regular evening and bedtime routine and to get up and move around the same time each day. The bedroom, by the way, this I think is important, the bedroom should be technology and work-free zone. Secondly, seriously decrease your exposure to anxiety-provoking media and conversations. Do not follow the COVID count and ask your friends and family also to not discuss and share panic-causing information in your presence, especially if you feel anxiety building up. The news serves as a vital role in keeping us informed and it's good to take in enough news so that we can take specific actions needed to protect ourselves and our loved ones. However, overexposure to news or doing excess research on virus-related factors can cause our nervous systems to rev up and the body to go into a fight-or-flight anxiety-causing mode. Then thirdly, live a slow life and actively take time to do things that calm the nervous system. It could be prayer, diaphragmatic breathing, listening to relaxing music, reading books that are totally unrelated to trigger topics, and whatever helps you to calm down. Be intentional about this slow living. Fourth point, when you feel a panic attack coming, breathe slowly and gently through your nose while keeping your mouth closed to begin with. Breathe very gently that there is no audible sound of inhaling or exhaling. This will decrease the amount of carbon dioxide you over during a panic attack and help to reduce your physical symptoms of panic. The fifth point is remind yourself that your panic attack is actually a false alarm. It may feel absolutely horrible and resemble symptoms of a heart attack or stroke, but in reality, nothing bad is happening to your body. Panic attacks are physically harmless and do not increase the risk of heart attack, stroke or going insane. So remind yourself, this too shall pass. Breathe, think of calm and good things and gently let the panic pass. I'm talking about when you actually go through a panic attack. Now the sixth point is take care of the physical symptoms of anxiety. Take care of your breathing. We feel more relaxed when we allow breathing to flow in and out more slowly and evenly. Actually, even when we don't suffer anxiety, it's a good habit. 
Breathe in for a count of four to six and out for a count of six to eight. There are many wonderful breathing apps and videos that can help train more optimal breathing patterns. Relax your tense muscles. Are you struggling with anxiety in your feet like tightening, fidgeting or bracing? Relax those muscles. How about the tightness in your calves and upper legs? Ease up your body's tension there. Let go of the struggle in your hands, wrists and forearms, your biceps and triceps. Consciously loosen up. Move those body parts gently to allow for greater circulation. <laughs> what about your stomach muscles? Relax those muscles as well. And repeat the same for your shoulders, chest and upper back. Notice any tension or struggle in those areas and let that go as much as you can. Gently relax those muscles as if you're dropping a heavy sack down. Let go. And finally, there may even be struggle in your neck, jaw, lips, cheeks, eyes, forehead, scalp. Take a deep breath and let go of any tension there as you slowly release the breath. Allow the muscles around those areas to relax. Now, why did I mention all these body parts? Because I think when you're feeling anxious or stressed about something, individual body parts tend to cramp up. So if you think about these individual parts and consciously try to relax those muscles, it helps. Seventh point, a suggestion of coping with anxiety is limit the intake of anxiety increasing substances. Like caffeine and nicotine tend to wire up the nervous system and many people are sensitive to these. If coffee, for example, charges up your nervous system, you may want to consider decaffeinated drinks for a while or not consuming it after, say, 3 p.m. Caffeine can affect sleep, and you would want to get adequate sleep these days, especially if you're in a situation where you have to survive a full day of work and homeschooling. Others may be more tempted by alcohol to calm their stress during these times. While it may be calming in the moment, people can experience a rebound in heightened anxiety afterwards. Moreover, Alcohol and drugs can mask the symptoms of anxiety disorders, making diagnosis and treatment more difficult. The next point, point number eight, keep your diet healthy. But I'll add another thing to it is not perfectionist. So healthy, but not perfectionist. What we eat impacts our nervous system and heart. Also, if you're unable to move about as freely as before, then eating unhealthy diet does not help either. Diets filled with sugar and other simple carbohydrates create fluctuations in blood sugar that can agitate our nervous systems. Our anxieties can be kept under limits with a range of healthy food, in addition to limited treats. Now, Getting perfectionist and panicky if you don't get the usual healthy ingredients might just make some of us feel even more distressed. But right now, we must do the best we can with more limited and unpredictable food sources. You remember those empty shelves? Yeah. And enjoy food and try out different recipes if that gives you joy. Just remember to eat in moderation and limit the bad stuff. The ninth point is exercise. This is very important in keeping our hormones in balance and as a result our anxiety levels to a check. 
muscle training, going for walks, jogs, bike rides, doing at-home workouts, stretches are all different ways of staying active and keeping your muscles strong and healthy. It keeps our fitness levels also stable. And the last point, it says find enjoyable or purposeful activities to fill your day. The least helpful thing we can do during the pandemic or if we suffer anxiety is to spend the day watching news, scrolling social media and waiting for the world to return to normal. Rather, we try and utilize the current situation in a way that helps us and others around. We can ask ourselves, who can I connect with over the phone or internet and check on or just have a chat with? Why not try connecting in some virtual parties with your friends? Zoom seems to be the go-to thing these days. What pleasurable and productive tasks can I build into a routine? Things that I enjoy, not what I must do or learn or whatever else other people are doing. I find cooking food that I enjoyed as a child but don't readily get where I live to be quite enjoyable. For example, I used to love these simple chapatis. It's like a Indian flatbread, you know. But for years I've avoided making chapatis of my own. But now I'm making chapatis, so which is great, you know. Uh, the kids love it too. Now, if you're one of those lucky ones uh, to be living in a nation that allows you to go outside uh, freely, then do so. I hope those restrictions will be lifted in all over the world soon. But um, if you're able to go out, please do. And just get some fresh air, go for a walk or a bike ride or a run, whatever. Now, is there some small way I can be helpful or supportive to others? Perhaps someone needs a note of encouragement and right now is the time. Oh, another last, last point actually is let go of perfection. There is no one right way to cope with the emotional challenges that come with living in the time of COVID-19. We must, however, be careful not to compare how we feel with the often one-sided fictional uh, images, not emojis, sorry, images posted on social media of people coping perfectly. Instead, we can allow ourselves to aspire to good enough for now. Trying to master the art of living in lockdown perfectly is only likely to cause more stress and anxiety. So those are some points that we can all apply in our daily life, in these situations with restrictions on our normal way of living. Don't forget to be gentle with yourself and be thankful for every little thing you manage. Your world has changed. Maybe you see many positive things coming out of this change, or maybe not. But change has happened. And with any change, it takes time to adjust. Remember that. And just as we are moving from six or seven weeks of lockdown to another phase in most countries, with slowly lockdown restrictions being lifted up, how will we get back to work? How will our kids get back to school? How will our life look like? That might also cause some of us to worry but be gentle with yourself change takes time or it takes time to adjust to any change remember that thank you for joining me 
My next podcast will be on the help that's available for coping with anxiety. Bye for now.